Hi everyone, we're excited to finally present these guest episodes to you. But keep in mind, this interview was recorded on June 9th, 2020, during all the craziness. Without further ado, here's the episode with Joel Gendron. This podcast will focus on how creatives learn from their mistakes and how these those mistakes have shaped and contributed to their success. During the course of our talk, we would be interested in finding out more about our guest design process and want them to share it with the world. We hope our guest stories and messages will inspire creative minds to pursue their calling. Okay, well, Joe Drendron sees today's guest on Pixel Perfect Talk. Joe is a graphic designer based in Boston. He's well known for his sleek and clean illustrating skill. As a kid, he loved to draw and make stuff. One day he found out a secret, which was that people could get paid by designing stuff all day. As it played out, he became an official graphic designer. Joe got his graphic design degree from, of course, the one and only Suffolk University where Brett and I graduated over two years ago. He also teaches there, believe it or not, and we were in his class. He was our first graphic design master, in fact. Um, we loved being his apprentices as he was the illustrator master. May the pen tool be with you. He's been an adjunct professor at Suffolk for almost seven years. Jeez. Why being an illustrator master at Suffolk, he was also working for several companies such as Pearson Education, Luminat Datamatics, and Curriculum Associates. Plus, he's been a, pi- a pirate for more than nine years. <laughs> I mean, he's been running his collaborative design firm, Matt Pirates Design Company, LLC, with his friend, Scott Seeger, who we, lo- we would love in the future to have, his- to have him on. Um, this design studio's main focus is on branding, identity, and collateral items. Joe is not only incredible in design, but also amazing at adventures with his family. His curiosity and family time create many good, happy, and fun arts. From what we personally know about Joe, is a super, super friendly and awesome human being smiles all the time. We are not exaggerating here at all, but it's true. Um, super nice illustrator, master, not so strict. So we are very, very excited to have Joe on the show today, and we're going to have a very fun conversation together. So Joe, welcome to the show, and thank you for talking with us. Thanks, fellas. That was quite the intro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I could have written it better myself. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you. I practiced. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, how, um, how how's everything going with you right now at the moment? Uh, everything's going well right now. Really, no complaints. Um, I know we're in a sticky situation in many different angles of the world, and uh, I, I have no nothing to complain about. There are people in much much worse spots than I am. So, 
I keep my complaints to a minimum. Yeah. Yes, that's a good point to, uh, or that's a good perspective for sure right now. Are you uh, working from home mostly or? Yes, uh, working the whole company has, uh, the whole company is pretty flexible. A lot of people work from home. Um, some people work exclusively from home and other people work, you know, or previously had gone into the office a couple of times a week. But um, I, th- I think we've all realized that we can make do from our home offices. And the uh, the CEO at Curriculum Associates is a really, really great guy. And he's, he's very understanding and he's always strategizing, trying to come up with the best way to keep people safe and keep, keep people productive. Nice. Well, that's, that's great. Um, have you been back to the office at all? Yet, or no, they uh, they currently have it closed unless you need to go back to pick up uh, materials or I still mm-hmm. have some snacks that I left in my drawer <laughs> that right. the mice might get out of. I might have to go back to the office just for that. But yeah, I was about to say it's probably like months old or now. So it's yeah, not I'm good. sure they're. I think they're just like chips and granola bars. Those things. That's go great. Back yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a snack guy too, so I love snacks. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't? Uh, yep. so, so we're going to start this uh, this interview off by um, asking a question that we ask every one of our guests now. Um, tell us about your biggest mistake in your design career and uh, what did you learn from it? Okay. Uh, we'll start with the biggest design mistake. I know it's a tough, um, <laughs> tough question. You know, I, I thought about this. I kind of had a feeling you'd be asking about this because it's that's what you guys are all about. Yep. Um, and I would have to say that I'm, I'm constantly making mistakes. Uh, the, the thing that I would have to say that I still do today, my biggest design mistake, is forgetting to save something that I'm working on uh. on the computer. I know that feeling. Um, we're all put, you know, you just get so, you get tunnel vision. You're just working away, and an hour goes by, and you look up, see, and then you say, "Oh shoot, I gotta save this." Uh, so the big mistake is when you spend an hour doing something, and then uh, your computer freezes or something happens, and then you realize that you've lost all your work. Oh no! So, yeah. Yes. Uh, so I mean, when you're doing a personal project, it's fine, but if you have right. a deadline that you're working on. And it's happened two or three times where it just freezes and I have 15 minutes to try to redo what I need to do that I've been Jeez. working on for like the whole day. Yeah. Oh, so, changes. yeah, that's that's probably the biggest one, I would say. <laughs> yeah, so so because you do it so often, though, would you say you learn from it, though, or is that... <laughs> uh, I would like to think that I've been learning from it, but uh, I, st- I still do it. It's, yeah. it's not as often. Okay. Uh, early on, early on in my career, it happened a lot. Or, um, you know, you just you forget to hit that save button, and then you close something out, and it says, even it'll say like, "Are you sure you want to close this? Are you right. sure you want to close out of Untitled Dash One?" Right. And you say yes, and so you you have to wonder where your brain goes at that point when you're, you know, you've spent so much time and effort, and then yeah. you say, "Yeah, I'll just throw it out." <laughs> I think your brain is on autopilot or something. That's funny. Oh my gosh, that's uh, that's a very interesting uh, yeah, mistake. I yeah, I guess I I remember from my um, 
experience, something similar happened to me too, um, both at school um, and at work. Um, and I lost pretty much everything yeah. um, because the entire hard drive crashed. Um, oh. So yeah, nobody could fix it. So I, I lost I a bunch of work for my suffix. So, well, anyways, yep. that's learned. Yeah. Yes. And I, I think I'm a little bit more forgiving when I have stu or when I was teaching. I, I haven't taught in a while, but um, if they said, "Hey, come on back today," I'd, I'd be there. But uh, I find that I'm I'm forgiving when that happens with students because I know it happens to me, so I can't get upset when it happens to students, especially when it's out of your hands. Right. <laughs> um, do you feel like you've grown as a designer because of it? I guess you mentioned that you don't do it as much anymore, but. Do you feel like you this has helped you as a designer? Yes, uh, I, I think I work very well under pressure. So, like again, if I'm on a deadline and it's happened, um, I do know how to make quick work of, in shortcuts of, you know, getting straight to the point when I need to. But it, you know, it's the the whole design process when you're working on something and it's sort of like you're painting along and it's sort of like working itself out. Um, you know that that's what takes time but if, if you already know what it's supposed to look like when you've reached that final state and you've lost it you can easily rebuild it if you need to that's good yeah well mm -hmm. um i have a question uh, not a question um about that so let's say you're um you span do you, okay so i think that's going to come up later on too but uh in terms of um manage projects in a uh, specific period amount of time. Um, do you often find yourself spend such a long time on a single project, and then and then you kind of like forget, not forget, but like you also know that on the on the other um, on the other hand, you have other projects as well. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's the big the big game of juggling that we all have to learn as well as designing. Um, you have to, there's, there's a lot of different aspects of being a designer. You, it's not just drawing or it's not just typography. You, you have, kind of have to have all these skills. You're sort of like a jack of all trades. Uh, but juggling projects and managing your time is definitely one of them. Um, just today, I, I curriculum associates, we focus on uh, like English and language books as well as math books. And um, I'm sort of working in both. So I was working on a language thing. And then one of my um, coworkers was like, oh, uh, I just found out we need this done by three o'clock today. Uh, can we can we jump on this? And I knew that I could finish it up real quick. So I quickly jumped from English to math, finished up the math project, went back to English. And uh, you're, you know, you have to you have to stand up and walk around in between projects because <laughs> otherwise your brain doesn't really know. Right, large truck just went by my house. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely a learning curve too. You, you find yourself getting into a lot of hot water, and you have to. That's when you realize you need to manage your time better. Um, whether it's you know not spending as much time, you know, scrolling through your fonts trying to figure out which one, um, just make up your mind and, and pick something. It's kind of like if you're getting ready to uh, ready for the workday. You know, you could spend you really could spend an hour just looking at your sock drawer, just <laughs> contemplating <laughs> black socks, white socks, navy blue, maybe I'll right. mismatch, maybe Argyle. Right. But 
nobody does that because you realize you have to get your butt out the door. So just put on some socks and go. Right. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. I mean, that's quite an interesting answer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because, because I also find myself, um, in that situation a lot. Um, and meaning that I spend, um, I can't just like spend a lot of time on one project and go like, Oh no, it's time for the others. So what can, what am I going to do now? And, um, is so what I normally do is I just write down the task on a paper and then, you know, just cross mm-hmm. one at a time whenever I finish it. Do you have, um, like, um, um, a, um, a tip, um, to do that on your own? Like, do you also have a to-do list to, um, to keep track with everything? Yes. We only have so much room in our brains. Uh, um, if you're working on two projects, you could probably <laughs> keep that in your brain, or I certainly can. But if it gets to be more than like four at a time, especially if for different clients, I have a sticky. I just grab a bunch of sticky notes and I just I make a list. And when I get them done, it's you know I take certain pleasure in crossing those off with a big black sharpie marker. Um, but yeah, you definitely have to. You do what you can do. Um, to make sure, even if you have to write, you know, which projects on the sticky note and then put a date or a time on when it needs to be done. That's a good idea. Um, I guess I also make lists as well. Um, so how, how did you get into the design industry? I knew pretty early on that I wanted to do something with art. Uh, I don't know, fifth grade, maybe. Um, I loved drawing and I knew that, you know, between fifth grade and eighth grade, I had to start really thinking about what I wanted to do professionally or I in my mind I needed to I know a lot of people wait till they get to college and they just do like a general studies and then they figure it out but I I knew early on I wanted to do something with art so I didn't really know too much about graphic design and I'm sure I knew it was there but I didn't really consider myself a future graphic designer I wanted to be a future artist and I had always kind of made my own like little logos. Like if I was drawing like a truck, I would make like a Joel Gendron cool guy logo on the side of the truck. And so I was having a conversation with my dad one day. He says, you know, I work with a graphic designer who does all these logos. And I said, well, what's graphic design? And so he said, well, it's that. It's making logos. It's designing packaging. It's designing, you know, web. well, the website's, Gosh, I'm so old. Websites weren't big back yeah. when I when I was in eighth grade. Um, I don't even know if people knew what that was, but uh, it was certainly very different. Uh, so I I made a conscious decision. Uh, my my town that I grew up in only went up to eighth grade. We didn't have a high school, so you had to kind of farm yourself out to the local towns to you know either join up with their high school or you could pay money to go somewhere. Um, and I went to a vocational school in Lexington, Massachusetts called Minuteman Tech, and they had a graphic design program there, uh, where you would go and you would do your math and your English and your science and all that stuff on one week. And then the next week you would be in your area of study. Um, and mine happened to be graphic design. Um, and I also did, uh, it was sort of, uh, partnered with commercial printing. So at Minuteman Tech, everything that we designed, whether it was a business card or a memo pad, we got to print it on a commercial printing press too. So uh, I think that was a benefit for me because 
some people are just designers and they don't necessarily know how to prepare their files for print if that's what they're working on. Um, so I kind of had a good, a good deal there. And I learned the Adobe suite back then and Photoshop took forever to load certain filters. And wow. here I go again, I'm the old man talking about my <laughs> old Photoshop problems. Yeah. So when I got to NISAD, I had, I, you know, I was ready to jump right on the Mac and, um, show off my skills. And they were like, no, no, we're going to do uh, foundation drawing and color theory. And I was like, no, I already, <laughs> no, why do I need this? But in hindsight, it certainly was worth it to know about, um, you know, how to study depth and figure and form and color and all those basics. Well, I wasn't in my head. I didn't want to do it, but I knew it was important and I'm certainly glad that I went through with it. So it's, it's been kind of a journey. And then after school, I became a graphic designer. Nice. That's great. Yeah. yeah. This is uh, bringing memories back to us too, yeah. Brad. And uh, uh, remember yeah, that summer program that yeah, we, and we had uh, we had you for graphic design, and then we had the drawing class and the color theory class at the same time. So <laughs> I had the same thoughts too, where it's like, yeah. it's like, why do I have to do this? I just want to like play on the computer. <laughs> so, yes. So yep. it's good to know that it's very related, <laughs> but it was oh yeah, it was helpful for sure. Uh, obviously, since you've been in the design industry for a while, how would you describe your style for people who may not know your work? Um, I would say that my style varies depending on uh, what the project is. If I need like clean, you know, clean, crisp design, I can do that. If I if they if it's for it, it depends on the client. I've had clients who ask me to do wedding invitations, and they want. They might want anything from like a fancy script font and florals to something a little bit clean and modern and very like <clears throat> a very clean cut, but you know, bright bold colors. Nice. Or I might need to do, uh, I can't think of anything offhand, but I've done projects where like they want like a grungy look or like this, you know, something that's completely been destroyed. If you think like if you're designing something for a skateboard company that looks right. like it maybe it fell off a truck and it probably smells a little bit stale. You know, <laughs> what would that design look like? Okay. So you really kind of have to like, your design needs to tell a story for the client. Yeah. So is it, is it fancy? Is it grungy? Is it old fashioned? Does it need to look like an antique t-shirt design? I don't know. You know, you have to be able to design for the client. That's for the project. So that's interesting then. It just, it varies between what client you're going for so if it's like more of an old school thing company then you design for an old school type logo but if it's more new yep. form you do it that way so that's interesting because i always thought it's like you keep it the same every time but um i guess it makes you know, sense I, to do it the opposite some, too some people do design like that i belong to a design community and we can, we can discuss that later and there are artists who are like just simple geometric straight shapes is all they do and i think well you know gosh you really like yeah. you kind of limit yourselves in a way but they're they're so good at it that you look at it and you think well that could you know that could be on a beer can that could be a wedding invite right. that could be on a billboard it could be a logo on the side of a truck uh you know people who do it well they you know they kind of stick with it so. right right so um so i guess the next question would be um What's your design process? 
for a project. Okay, good. Um, I would say that I've had a lot of different clients, a lot of different people that I've reported to over the years. Um, in in publishing, um, the process needs to be pretty quick, or it, it, not just publishing, but um, I've spent a lot of my life in the publishing industry. So if um, if I'm designing a book, I'll, I'll throw out a couple different projects and I'll quickly explain the process. So if I'm designing a book cover for Pearson Education or for Curriculum Associates, um, and I always, I always say uh, when I describe to people, like if I'm designing a criminal justice book, I don't really know anything about criminal justice. So I have to talk to the editor and the editor speaks one language and I speak a different language. It's both English, but I speak the design language and they speak the uh, their knowledge of criminal justice. So we have to kind of figure out how their language and my language intertwine. So if I meet with the editor and they say, I want something edgy and like, edgy and like pushes the edge a little bit it doesn't really it doesn't say anything to me <laughs> i need to hear them say oh criminal justice i want a picture of somebody wearing handcuffs in a jail cell well that's that's pretty clear cut mm -hmm. so if they give me that as kind of like a lead in i can sort of branch out from there and try a couple different ideas based off of that and then i might just say like oh and what color should should we kind of focus on here? And they might have no preference or they might really like, I have one editor, she always wanted to have purple somewhere on the cover. <laughs> I always That's laugh funny. about it. I'm like, all right, so we're doing purple again? Yeah. And that would, that would be how I would end the meeting. Um, so that was, that, that, I, that would be my publishing example. Um, if I happen to find, I picked up a job off of Craigslist one time and someone was starting a, was a landscaping business and they're like, I, I, I push mowers all day long. I run a weed whacker and a leaf blower. I don't know what my logo is supposed to look like. And I'll say, okay, well, that doesn't really give me anywhere to start. I could come up with some ideas, but why don't we find a bunch of logos that you like? And then we can kind of narrow it down. Like if they, if they want like a script lettering or if they want something like, I don't know, like truck lettering you might see on the side of an old like oil truck. And if they want like a classic looking thing we could do that or maybe they want edgy um oh i know what it was it wasn't a landscaping company it was a guy who did stump grinding and he wanted to have a shark somewhere <laughs> on the logo so um it was called land shark stump grinding and <laughs> i just thought he didn't really care where the design went so i thought well, i'll just do something cool with a shark wood pieces flying out of his mouth and that's cool. And he liked it right off the bat. And I've also had clients where I, I've worked so much. I put so much time and effort into something and I loved it. I thought there's no way they're not going to like this. Yeah. And then they say, uh, there's not really anything about this that I like. <laughs> and it's soul crushing, like right to your soul, through your chest. And like, oh no, it's, it's tough to take that sometimes, but you know, that's, that's your job. And you realize oh, that's kind of where you learn for your mistake of, did you get enough information to start with? And did you have a clear understanding about what the client wanted? So I think it's easiest to say, like if you were at a restaurant and you had a menu and it just had words on it versus looking at a menu that might have pictures of what the breakfast platters look like, you might say, oh, that looks good. Mm. So you know exactly what you're getting. So if you can say like, what kind of logos do you like? Or a client might come and say, like, you know, this is one of my competitors. I really like the way their logo looks on their truck and on their shirts. I don't want to copy it, but I want something that looks a lot like this. 
Right. So if they, if they use red, maybe we use blue or green. So it, there's lots of different ways you can go about um, coming up or starting a project. And those are a couple of ways that I've dealt with starting projects in the past. Right, right. That's a... Uh... That's great to hear because um, um, so from what you describe your process um, in terms of uh, finding what the client wants and needs, um, it's more it sounds more like a creative brief to me, right? Like you're in this creative brief, you ask a bunch of questions about, oh, um, what kind of logos you like, uh, what materials and what colors you like, uh, blah, blah, and then you collect all that um, information uh, for, for yourself and, 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 and then you, you design, you build uh, your design out of it. That, mm -hmm. That's how I, I think of your process. Yep, and, and when I actually jump into the project, like if it's if it involves an illustration, I always go straight for the pencil. Most of the time I'll start sketching things out to kind of get like a general feel. You know, you can say like, oh, this is gonna go over here, this is gonna go over here. Um, if it's an intense illustration, I'll draw it out, keeping in mind where my, how I'm gonna trace it in Illustrator or, or create it in Illustrator. Right, do you, um, do you also have moments that you like, Oh, I know exactly what the design is going to be like in your head, like you can see it, you can visualize it in your head. And then uh, as opposed to moments that you're like, uh, I don't know what it's going to look like. And you spend a lot of time figuring that out. And maybe after that project, you, you still um, um, struggle to like, um, I don't know how I come, you know, I don't know how I came up with that design and I'm not happy about it. Do you have those moments a lot too? Yep. It ranges anywhere from like this went exactly how I had pictured it to I've spent a whole day and it's not, <laughs> it hasn't come to a spot where it looks like anything I'm happy with. Mm. Yeah. And then there's everything in between. Right. Yeah. Brett, do you do you have those moments as well sometimes you design something yeah I think it depends sometimes I have like an idea in my head and other days I'm like I don't <laughs> or other projects I don't and it takes me some more time uh, to do it so um, yeah I have some sometimes it's just like I have an image in my mind and I'm like oh that's very cool to design it yeah. out and stuff so I think it just happened recently yeah. to us about um, the one word design yeah. that we just recently came up with. We for 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 the first couple um, designs, we we knew right away that the designs, well, at least for mine, I knew right away yeah. how how is it going to look like, and I'm sure it happens the same to you too, Brett. Yeah, no, the same. I I, I figured you were going to get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Joel, so uh, when you finish a project, how do you deal with uh, criticism or client's feedback? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not really done until the client's happy. Um, sometimes the client loves it and they have nothing more to say, or sometimes they'll love it and then they show it to their significant other. 
and maybe that person hates it. Right. <laughs> and so it'll come back like, oh, you know what, it's great, but I realize that, uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we should go a, a different direction or maybe we can just change this. Um, but on the other hand, there, you know, we, we have a certain power. Uh, you know, we have knowledge about our field. We, we know why fonts work or we know why specific line you know, lines might make a logo look great or why a logo might have double meaning. Like it, it might be like a C, but it also might be like a handle for a coffee cup. So you really can, you have the power to sell the idea with words and explain why this logo works. Um, so sometimes, you, you know, if they're not that iffy about it, you can say, well, actually, you know, it's kind of like a Swiss Army knife. Like, well, here's your knife, but it also is a corkscrew and right. it's also a bottle opener. Um, so... The more that you, you know, you know, the more you can sell the logo itself visually, but also, you know, the concept behind it. Um, that mm. I, I already, I already forgot the question. Sometimes you have to go back to the drawing board, but sometimes yeah. uh, you get criticism and you kind of have to roll with the punches. Uh, yeah. yeah, so you talked about, I mean, speaking of which, because you talked about there was like a, an example of some, a client of yours who said there's nothing she liked about it at all. So like, what mm -hmm. keeps you motivated to keep on going after that kind of reaction? <clears throat> that's what, that's when you need to figure out where, like, you have to be specific about it. Like, why don't you like it? Um, you know, is it, is it the color? Is it this? If they're just like, you know, if they were like, I don't like anything about this, it needs to be more, I don't know, more funky. Well, funky doesn't tell me anything. So I have to ask a follow-up question to that. Like, what do you mean by funky? Do you want it to be like, right. I'd like some James Brown music playing in the background. What's, you know, what does <laughs> funky mean? Uh, yeah. Funky is kind of a broad term. It could mean something to me and it might be something different to this other person. Nice. So you just keep on asking questions, basically. Yeah, because otherwise okay. you'll, you know, they'll say, I want something more funky. So you leave an hour later, you come back with what you think is funky. And they're like, right. no, that's jazzy. I wanted funky. Yeah. So then you can leave and do something jazzy. And, and then, then you'll be like, no, that's just too modern. Right? And then you're wasting so if time. You, right? if you want your exercise, if you want to just waste time going back and forth, back and forth, right. don't ask questions. But if you want to get to the point, just ask questions that's a good one that's a good one yeah yeah so so that was good advice do you have any more advice on anyone who's interested in graphic design yes uh the one thing that i tell my students and i might have told you both this as well in class. yeah and it's not it this is not my advice i, I heard it at, a, at some kind of conference somewhere and some guy was talking about how when you have, say you have a client and they want to have four different concepts for their logo or four different concepts for their web page, um, don't do three and then be like, eh, the fourth one's just going to be whatever. So this guy called that the goat. The goat is the fourth or the last thing that you're just like, I just want this to be over with. I'm going to do some crack design and then just, you know, they, they won't, they'll never pick it. I'm just going to put it in there with the mix and they'll never pick it. And then you bring it to the client, and that's the one they pick. And they always pick the one that's the worst one of the bunch that, that you feel. <laughs> and so this particular speaker called that the goat. So don't ever show the goat to the client, because they will most certainly pick it. And it, it's true. It's happened so many times to me where, I, you know, if it's a cover design or if it's a logo, 
you know, I find myself like hitting myself in the face saying, why did I show them that? I wasn't <laughs> happy with it. Why did I show it to them? So, so I guess the lesson there is just to always show or only show ones that you're happy about. Basically. Yeah, you can't live with it for the rest of your life because you might see it on a truck driving around town every day. <laughs> if you can't live with it, don't show it. That's that is good advice, actually. Yep. Um, so it's not mine. I stole it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I like the the goat is basically you know because usually like the sports. I'm a oh, big yeah. sports fan. It's like goat is like the greatest of all time, where that's the abbreviation. So. It's funny that this is a negative connotation. So yeah, if you, I mean, if you're designing something for Tom Brady, then yeah, go for the goat. Of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. But <laughs> Otherwise, you do every day. Only Tom nothing Brady. against goats. I don't even know where the term came from. The guy was just like, yeah, show the goat. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's good. Um, so, how do you manage other factors in life, like stress, money, time management, sleep, eating? Um. Oh, this is another heavy question. Yeah, you guys are good at this. You guys are yeah. really good at this. We came prepared here. <laughs> yeah. All right. So managing time, I try to do my best with managing time, and it usually ends up. I'm 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 a night owl more than I am a morning person. So after the kids are in bed and after all the dishes are done, or sometimes before the dishes are done, I'll jump into finishing up my work or catching up, so that I don't have to stress out the next day. Um, and it's, it's resulted in some pretty late nights for me. So it, it's not, I, th- it's, I have a seven year old daughter named Charlotte and a 10 year old son named Sam. And they're at this point in life, they're not, you know, I'm not changing diapers and I'm not right. doing this and that they're pretty, they can get a snack on them themselves if they need to. So they're not constantly <laughs> like pulling at my shoulder like they used to when I was teaching at NISAD. <laughs> um, but so, so it, it gets easier when you have kids. I mean, if you're, if you're a designer and you have kids and you have young kids, then as they get older, you have more time. You don't have to deal with that too much. Um, so I, I'm a, like, as we talked about, I'm a designer for curriculum associates. Uh, so I have a day job, but I also do freelance with my side hustle company, mad pirate design company. And we, you know, we take on the jobs that we can afford to work on. Uh, if, if it's a long job and, nice. and things are kind of quiet at work, then we could do it. But, you know, we don't pile on more than we can handle. Um, so time scheduling wise, that's kind of it. Uh, family wise, family is very important. You have, to, you have to deal with your kids and your wife and you have to keep it or her husband or a significant other. You have to keep everybody happy because you can't you can't design under the stress of a, a horrible household. Right. Um, to make sure that everybody's happy uh managing money i uh i think that's just that might be a different topic other than yeah. graphic design <laughs> yeah, uh don't spend more than you're making i yeah. guess would be the other thing and we save yeah save save some money save and some uh money. yeah don't spend more than you can make don't take out crazy loans don't max <laughs> out a credit card <laughs> yeah, that's a good point yeah and, this uh, this brings me back to the question that I had that just came up earlier um, about when you decided um, that you wanted to do um, that you wanted to go to our school learning about graphic design. Um, what did your parents say? Um, did 
do you guys argue about it or or, or as you know what? Yeah. You say, you say that like I was running off to the circus. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say. My family disowned me when they heard I wanted to hear graphic. Because <laughs> sometimes I, I, I feel like people just have, uh, especially older generation, they just um, have a negative thought about our school for some reason, um, especially when their kids decide to go to our school to be uh, a craft designer or an artist, for example because they kind of know that it's going to be very challenging um, yep. and they, because they love them so much. So they don't want um, their kids to be in a situation that uh, you have to, um, you know, like you, you need um, something that you can be settled. So I, I, I'm just curious. What, yeah, no, no yeah. That's, a, that, that, that's a valid question. I think, I think I, I sort of reacted the way I did because my parents were always on board with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to like a in in you know like I said early on I was drawing stuff and I had conversations with my parents about being an artist or being a designer early on and I I knew I wanted to do it so it wasn't really a surprise when it was time to go to art school um, they were they were excited about it they knew I I was good at what I do and um, I think if I was if I did this and suddenly I said I wanted to be a proctologist or a gold miner or something. Yeah completely or a mine you know no, no offense to any of those professions but uh it was just wasn't something that was on my radar at all um but yeah no when they heard i wanted to go to graphic design school they were they were on board with that well so you're lucky <laughs> yeah i'm lucky no I, I i i have heard other people are like what you're gonna do this you're gonna yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I've heard other stories of other people. Yeah, so it's it's a valid question. I, mm, I, I think good. I had it easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's good to know. Um, yeah. Um, so, um, I guess you kind of answered this question already, but what does being creative mean to you? Being creative to me. Um. I think I would just say that being creative is a way of expressing yourself. Um, and it can be in any different form. We're talking about graphic design today, but it could be fine art. It could be sculpture. It could be furniture making. It could be building houses creatively. It could be, you know, architectural landscape. Uh, any, anything where you're really making stuff. Um, I'm not sure you could be a creative brain surgeon, but maybe you could. I've never tried that, um, but I think I think being creative is expressing yourself to somehow improve the world around you. Um, I've heard like um, Andy, I know, and probably Brett. I know you guys have heard of Aaron Draplin before, and yeah. one of the things that I like is he has a story of how he often will go on Craigslist just on Fridays, he'll go on Craigslist and he'll find somebody looking for a logo design. And this person might not know that he's an amazing, fantastic designer. And he'll just pump out a logo for somebody's laundry business or, you know, something like that, just because it's the right thing to do. It's right. Help out the little guy. Um, where his other clients, he might charge like a million dollars for, for one particular client project. But, you know, he also will look, look at Craigslist, scrape something up and then put, put it together and push it out into the world to kind of just improve the world around him. 
Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I love Aaron Draplin a lot. Yeah, same. Um, I follow him. I follow him on Instagram, and um, um, I don't think I think I I I read the book somewhere, but I don't have the book with me. Oh, okay, yeah, it's a good yeah. book. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know he did yeah. that though with Craigslist. So that's that's a cool story though, or cool of what he does. Yeah, this is Brett. This is something that we could do for for the community for the Cambridge yeah. one. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, great. Um, so we we're getting we're getting there. <laughs> um, so I. I, I think now we we moving to the uh, conclusion yep. um, questions. Um, so, Joe, what are you currently working on now that you're are passionate passionate about? Um, I am working on. So I'll go to my day job. Uh, for my day job, we're working on a. We have a, a product called um, Ready Reading. And it's a it's a print book that Curriculum Associates puts out, and it's very successful in a lot of different school districts. And people who use it really really like it. And so it's been out for a couple of years. And my team right now, the editorial team and the design team and the production team, we've done some research. We've reached out to some of our schools, and this company I've been with for about a year now, and they've involved the designers with. A lot of the the process of everything more so than I have experience at other companies. So they'll take something. So they'll take a book like our ready reading book, and they'll call a school school district, and they'll say, "Okay, what what do you like about this book, and what don't you like about it?" We're currently trying to improve our book, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. So we call different school districts, and we've been we had like. Calls where one person would lead and talk directly with the school district, but then you have editorial staff and design staff on the line too. So there might be like fifty people listening to these two people talk, uh, and they're aware of that too. So uh, we're all listening into what they like about the book and what they don't like about the book, and we we're all thinking independently about how we can change our product to make it better. And so I I think that's really cool, and I've never been this involved in a project before, and I'm having a lot of fun with it, and I really like doing that. Mm. Um, on the flip side, for Mad Pirate, for the side, uh, the side gigs that we're working on, uh, we partnered up with a brewery down in Virginia, Fort Hog Brewing Company. If mm. you're in the area, they make some great beer. Uh, and they're currently you can get beer for takeout uh, if you're in that in that neck of the woods. Uh, but they uh, we they we reached out to them or they reached out to us for a logo when they were first starting up. And then after we did the logo, they realized that they needed other things too. And so we would design them per project. Like if they needed a flyer, we'd charge them X amount. Or if they needed um, a social media app, we'd charge them something else. So that was kind of starting to build up like per project. So they, finally they said, all right, we like the work you do for us. How about we just pay you a monthly fee and then you work on whatever we need? Because uh, it was getting expensive. We were kind of wondering like how long. <laughs> we had it pretty good because we were getting, we were charging them per project. Uh, and they were, the money was starting to rack up in our favor. But uh, at some point, we were like, yeah, it's going to get expensive for them if they keep using us like this. So 
Um, we agreed that we get a constant flow of work for them for a, a monthly fee. And that's been kind of good because you can, you don't have to worry about how much money you're going to make from this client each month because you know what it's going to be. That's nice. And sometimes, sometimes they pile on the work right now. It's really light because they're, they're not functioning at full capacity. Um, and we have a pretty good relationship with them too. So we, you know, we've, we've made some deals where, you know, we get a couple, couple, three cases of beer for some projects and other projects where, you know, we get paid for it. Uh, so I'm passionate, passionate on a couple different projects. That's cool. So, yeah. Oh, and then, and then also just randomly just for personal stuff. Um, I've, uh, recently hooked up or not hooked up with, but I, I uh, connected with cottonbureau.com and anybody submitted t-shirt design, but it's, if you are into or intrigued by t-shirt design and you would like to design for t-shirts, uh, you basically design something, then you submit it to cottonbureau.com, and if they give you the thumbs up, which they most often do, they'll uh, they'll put your shirt up for sale, and then you can buy it at a discounted price. And you don't have to worry about, you know, buying like a hundred shirts of your design to get you know whatever, and then have to sell them. You just buy, you just submit your design, and people can go online and buy it if they want it. And if not, it just sits there. <laughs> so Cotton, Cotton Bureau is kind of a cool company if you want to get into design, designing shirts, but not have to worry about the screen printing end of it. Yeah, and that's been that's been kind of kind of fun. Oh, and if people design, I mean, if people buy your shirt, you get you know you can set up how much you want to get per shirt. So I think right now most shirts that I sell, I get like five dollars. Mm. That's a cool so idea if for you, if, Cotton Bureau. Yeah. So if you if you design a shirt and then you really push it on social media, like, hey, Fourth of July is coming up. I designed this great Fourth of July shirt. Right. And then you tell two hundred of your friends to buy it at five hundred at five dollars each. You know, you could you could make some pretty good money. Nice. Yeah, I could yeah. see it being like a nice side hustle for people. Um, for sure. Yeah. Um. Okay, and, th- and then we have so that that seems like you're quite busy. Um. Which is yeah, great. busy enough. Yeah. Um, so uh, we all we we like to end these uh, these episodes with uh, one silly question we have here. Um, oh, I love that. So those. be prepared here. Uh, what is your spirit animal and why? Oh, I feel like I usually have an answer for this, but I can't. <laughs> My I mean, spirit yeah, animal. Yeah. I would have to say. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said this one before, but I'll, I'll go with an owl. Okay. Because I do perform better at night. That's a good one, yeah. Uh, and, Are you uh, a fan of uh, Harry Potter? My fair fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've read the books and watched the movies, that, yeah. and we've been to Harry Potter land down in Florida at Disney. And, um, or Universal Studios. I can't remember which one it was. But, yeah, we've been down there and. Uh, but it's not, it's not like magical owl. It's just regular old night owl <laughs> working at, working at night. I'll go with, I'll go with owl. Okay. Owl. That works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we have a, I mean, I have another silly question too, which is, Oh yeah. You enjoy as long it, as, so. you know, as long as the focus is on design, <laughs> I think you can pad it with a few silly yeah, questions. Yeah, of course. Uh, what would be your your superpower, and why? Superpower. Oh, I guess man. if you had a choice of a uh, superpower, of course. <laughs> oh, if I could choose one. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, it's a toss-up. I'd like to be able to fly, but I think I could. I would also like to become invisible when I want to be. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can oh, wait, no, no, no. I, I cha- I'm changing it. So instead of flying, I wish I could transport myself from place to place. Oh, that Ooh. works. Okay. Like, you know, if you, if you sneeze, yeah. you needed to go to Europe or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it like the jumper movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah I would, I would so. jump, but it would only happen when I sneeze. Well, that would get annoying, though. It's like, what if you have yeah. allergies or something? Well, you, maybe if you, like, sneeze when you're laying down. Or <laughs> you have to think about a place, right? Yeah. Then, yeah. 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 Like, where yeah. would you transport every time you sneeze? It would be a tricky situation. Yeah. But I do like that, just originality. Yeah, yeah. that's... Yeah, oh, that's yeah. such a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm gonna go with that. That's All right, cool. <laughs> um, groundbreaking uh, event right there. Yes. Yeah. And then our last uh, question here is: Where can people find you online? Oh, I'm on Instagram, uh, Gendron G E N D R O N seven seven. I'm on Facebook, and my website is gendron 77com and I think that's about it. Oh, cool. And, I'm in, and I mean, physically, I'm in dead of Massachusetts, just south of Boston. <laughs> yeah. No, online, though. You asked where I was online. Yeah, just for promotion purposes, you know? Maybe people. Oh, are yeah, curious, yeah. So. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, it's been a very interesting and fun conversation with you. Um, um, Brad and I, we uh, really appreciate your time. We respect your time. Um, so um, this is <laughs> this is actually the end of the podcast. Um, um, and that's it for today's podcast. I'd like to thank you, jo- uh, Joel, for taking the time to chat with us. We hope you listeners enjoy our conversation. You can follow us on Instagram at Pixel Perfect Talk and visit our website at pixelperfect.blog for more information. Um, Again, thank you for listening. Until next time, stay safe and healthy. Um, My name is Andy Dong. And I'm Brett Duboff, uh, signing off.